Cancer is one of the most feared and misunderstood ailments on the planet today. And with cancer rates so heavily on the rise, fear is on the rise as well. And what do I think about this? Even though it's perfectly understandable, it's also completely unnecessary. Cancer is basically a catch-all term for any disease that is involving abnormal cell division and cell growth. This is why there are so many different types of cancer. Some kinds of cancer cause a mass of tissue. This is what we call a tumor, and some don't. When a tumor does not invade the tissue surrounding it or spread to other parts of the body, we call it benign. But when it does do this, we call it malignant. Profound communication takes place within the body. All parts of the body are imbued with consciousness, and all parts of the body receive signals for what to do and how to behave. All the cells in your body are listening to signals they are receiving. They are following orders, and so they are performing specific functions. They divide in a methodical way, and when they die, new cells take their place. Cancer cells are essentially cells that have gone rogue, but in an organized way. Cancer cells keep making new cells and growing to the point where they crowd out normal cells. They no longer respond to many of the signals that control cellular growth and death. This eventually causes problems in the part of the body where the cancer began, as well as the parts of the body where the cancer spreads, which it sometimes does. At this point, we call it metastasis. When it comes to cancer, there could not be more of an extreme rift that has divided the allopathic medicine world from the alternative medicine world. Most of the allopathic world views cancer as a very serious and poorly understood disease, often a death sentence. The allopathic world views it as something to fight with everything you've got, and the standard approach taken as surgery and chemotherapy. Most of the alternative medicine world views cancer as nothing more than a red flag, a red flag that if not heated can lead to death. The alternative medicine world views it as something to respond to, not something to fight. Therefore, the alternative medicine world tends to be against chemotherapy, and often against surgery, and tends to favor holistic approaches to healing. Relative to cancer, many allopathic medicinal practitioners blame alternative medicine practitioners for people dying of cancer. Basically, many allopathic doctors and other people in the allopathic medicine world believe that if cancer patients came to them instead for chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery, they would have actually survived. The natural medicine world blames allopathic medicinal practitioners for the death of cancer patients as well, believing that what allopathic doctors are doing is leading cancer patients away from health, in fact, off of the path of healing, and into a direct war against their own body. A war where cutting oneself up and poisoning oneself seems to be the way to health, when they believe that it isn't. Both of these camps of thought see the other as a main proponent of harm in this scenario. And if you don't believe me about how vicious this war is, just read the comments below this video. But separate of this war between natural health medicine and allopathic medicine, I'm going to give you the objective universal perspective about cancer. The first thing to understand is that everything in existence, and this is scientific, this isn't just a spiritual person talking to you about this today, is made of energy. The same energy. And that energy that makes up all that is, is imbued with consciousness. 
This means that all things in this universe have consciousness. This united consciousness simply divided in order to create separate dimensions and separate things within those dimensions. In fact, this happens much like the dividing of a zygote in utero. The physical structure of a thing is nothing more than a mirror of that consciousness in the same way that a house is a mirror of the blueprint or idea of that structure before it was physically built. Imagine that each part that is divided is not only connected to the universal consciousness, but is also imbued now with its individual consciousness. You are essentially one of these divisions within collective consciousness. You are therefore not only connected to collective consciousness, you also have your own individual consciousness that you call by your name. But it doesn't stop there. You are also divided. Your organs all have their own unique consciousness. This is why one organ becomes a heart and the other the liver. And each tiny cell within each organ also has its own unique consciousness. It is also connected to the overall consciousness of the body itself. But have you noticed that you tend to follow the programming or signals or rules set out by your family and your society specifically, as opposed to a family and society across the world? The same is the case for a cell within a specific organ. Cells in the body more closely follow the programming of the specific part of the body they are a part of. For this reason, to understand cancer, you've got to begin to see yourself not as an individual, but as an ecosystem that goes by one name. All parts of that ecosystem have unique relationships with one another. Now we have to stretch our minds even further. If you can see that everything has consciousness, and that this consciousness that is thoughts and emotions creates the physical, like a blueprint, dictates what physical structure is built, then when anything is happening with the physical structure, that means that there is something that is happening with the blueprint. If the physical is merely a reflection or extension of consciousness, then everything that happens in the realm of consciousness, including thoughts and emotions, affects and alters the way the physical body forms itself. The signal sent to cells, therefore, changes. This is why people are correct in identifying that there is a mental and emotional root for each and every illness or ailment that a person experiences. This is also why people in the alternative medicine field are correct in understanding that if you use surgery or radiation or chemotherapy as a method of dealing with cancer, that's not really very much different than looking at flies in a garbage site and eradicating the flies, thinking that they are to blame for the garbage. Therefore, eradicating the flies must get rid of the garbage. Even though there are so many different types of cancers, all cancers have one precursor in common, the perception of being out of control. When a consciousness holds this perspective, then the body must follow suit. It falls in alignment with that perspective and starts to behave in ways that are out of control. It is a big deal to perceive oneself to be out of control. Why? Because you came down into this physical life experience as a conscious creator. Your well-being is actually dependent upon your understanding that if you have a desire, that you can line up with that desire and manifest it into your physical experience. Otherwise, you're going to do nothing but be miserable in your life. Our happiness is about our capacity to line up with what we are wanting in any given moment. So naturally, when we feel like we cannot do that, our own expansion is being impeded. That's the purpose for being here in the first place. That's a serious, serious problem. 
Taking one step further, we have to understand that all parts of the body are associated with a specific type of consciousness. Here are some examples. Bones correlate to stability and support, especially with regards to the stability and support provided by the enduring and unshakable honest truth of a person's life in any given moment. Breasts correlate to the way we give our energy to others. Lungs correlate to relationship. They correlate to the way we take in energy and give energy, specifically with regards to other people, and beyond that, to the world. If you want to understand each cancer, what you want to look to is where a person is feeling completely out of control or powerless relative to the specific thing that the part of the body associates with that has manifested the cancer or where the cancer is spread to. What is the perceived threat that this person feels out of control relative to? For example, the root cause of lung cancer is feeling out of control and therefore powerless relative to relationships. This is a person who perceives themselves to be totally out of control of the process of free will involved in giving and receiving from others. This is a person who tends to feel isolated and up in a lot of love-hate relationships and is generally distrusting of others. This is a person who has difficulty committing to relationships. Why? Because relationships have caused so much pain, who the hell would be able to commit to it? But here's the problem. Relationships are life. So if you can't commit to relationships, you're also struggling to commit to taking life in. To make a long story short, this is a very difficult pattern to change within a person's consciousness, which is one of the reasons why lung cancer is so pervasive and has a really poor rate of recovery. Because if it's relative to relationships, then obviously for somebody to change out of the frequency that's causing the cancer to begin with, a person has to feel in control of relationships. Sounds like a snap of the finger, doesn't it? No, it depends on having different experiences within relationships, on developing trust, and it depends first and foremost on committing to relationships, which is very difficult for someone to do, isn't it? Because like I said before, how easy is it for you to commit to something that has only ever given you pain? Here's a very important thing to understand. From a universal perspective, cancer is in fact its own entity. From an objective universal perspective, when a person feels out of control, and that is the message that is being sent to the body, then the cells start to go without certain signals telling them what to do and not do. This entity within the universe that is called cancer actually comes in response to that cellular asking. It comes as that new leader. The best way to understand this aspect of cancer is to think about a country in a state of civil war. Somewhere there is a leader that comes in and creates a new government within that system. That's what's happening with cancer. This new government uses the body's life force energy to survive and acts as a diversion and therefore strain upon the body's resources. It only stands to reason that if somebody feels out of control completely, then they run the very real risk of falling under new government. 
Cancer is a consciousness that comes to create massive shifts within a person's being, but does so through antagonism. It is as if the entity of cancer manifests so as to say, you're right, if you're totally out of control, then I'll totally take control. And if you want your control back, you're going to have to become aware of your own powerlessness and take back your free will and make some serious changes around here and fast. For this reason, it could be said that while from one perspective, cancer is completely out of control, from another perspective, the entity of cancer is completely in control of how much cancer to create and where. But here's the most important thing to understand about cancer. Many of you have already heard the story of Buddha and Mara. If you haven't, I highly suggest you go figure out that story, because this is the relationship between you and cancer. Mara, for those of you that understand the story, is the agent for awakening of Buddha. Therefore, he is every bit as much responsible for his enlightenment and Buddha, in his state of awakening, recognized this in Mara. There is no enlightenment without him. Mara is therefore not an enemy. What he is, is an antagonistic awakener. And that is what cancer is. Cancer is something that awakens you completely through antagonism. Simply put, cancer is your most antagonistic ally. And it comes with one very strong message. You cannot keep living your life like you have been living it. In fact, if you continue to, the only way to keep in alignment with your desires and expansion is death. Cancer does not happen to a person in a healthy state. It happens to a person who is internally, whether they are consciously aware of it or not, in an internal civil war state. It happens when there is failure taking place in one of the systems. Even when we look at etiological factors that feed into the idea of cancer, it doesn't undermine this original, let's call it root, for cancer. What they do is act as adjunct factors that just increase your likelihood or increase your state of ill health so as to make it so that your body falls under new government. When we get cancer, we have a very important decision to make. The decision is, what are we going to do about it? We have to decide whether we're going to go down the path of allopathic medicine, or whether we're going to go down the path of natural health medicine, or whether we're going to do both. If we choose to do both, what we get to do is accept the fact that we're going to find ourselves often in many situations where we are in the middle of completely conflicting ideologies about what should be done. All this being said, so many people in the spiritual field, in the self-help field, in the medicine field are going to tell you what their perspective is about what you should do if you have cancer. It's a lot easier for people to talk about what you should do when you have cancer than it is for them to say what they would do if they had cancer. <laughs> for this reason, I think it's going to be much more impactful if I simply tell you what I would do if I found out that I had cancer. One, I would immediately understand that cancer is not a disease, it is a survival mechanism. It is a healing mechanism that is taking place within the body. What I have reached is a healing crisis. I would realize that I have become a match 
to the manifestation of a teacher internally, an antagonistic teacher at that. Why? Because it is obvious that whether I was conscious of it or not, I kept heading in a path, thinking thoughts, taking actions that were in the opposite direction of my authentic truth, especially my authentic desires. I would understand that the reason that I had become a match to this internal antagonistic teacher is because of the fact that obviously I was bulldozing the way that I felt. In spite of the resistance that I felt internally, I continued to move forward or keep doing something in a certain way that wasn't in my best interest anyway. Therefore, the universe has gifted me the opportunity for something to come up on the inside of me that would no longer allow me to do that. But I have worked with cancer for so many years with individual clients one-on-one -on -one, that I understand that cancer is violently on my side. Therefore, I would get the idea of getting rid of cancer out of my head entirely. Instead, I would aggressively own it. I would welcome it, give it permission, and even ask it to stay as long as it needs to stay to ensure that I have made those changes that I need to make. Cancer, I would understand, is on my side in terms of my personal authentic truth and authentic desires and authentic needs and authentic purpose and authentic expansion to the degree that it is more than willing to fight the parts of me that are currently in opposition to those things. I would therefore consider myself to be in an incredibly intimate relationship, almost like an arranged marriage, where from this day forward, I get to figure out how to be in complete harmony, not only with the cancer itself as an entity, but also with the very important messages that it has to share with me, and I would make those changes instantly. I would make those changes so as to ensure that I am governing myself with my free will in alignment with my authentic self. Two, I would seek to understand the area of my life that I so obviously feel completely out of control about. This would obviously greatly depend upon what area of the body the cancer had manifested itself in. I would dedicate myself to total and complete awareness of all the layers involved in that perspective of powerlessness. I would dedicate myself to go directly into that pain instead of away from it. I would uncover the beliefs fueling that powerlessness, the traumatic and painful memories of the experiences that caused those beliefs, and I would seek to resolve those experiences and change those patterns. By doing that, I would become perfectly aware of the needs I actually have, of the desires I actually have, and then I would go in the direction of them. Which brings us to step three. Like we said, cancer is an antagonistic ally. It's going to tell you aggressively what changes you need to make. And so, I would make those changes, no matter what. For example, if this message that cancer had to bring me is that my career was not in alignment with my authentic desires or truth, I would quit my career. If this message that the cancer had is that there is something about my living environment that I needed to change, I would change it. If the message that cancer had for me was that I'm miserable in my current relationship and that it's not doing anything good for me, in fact, it's holding me away from my expansion, I would end the relationship. But here's the thing. I would not do those things to get away from cancer. I would do those things because I am developing such a close relationship with cancer that I'm listening to these very important truths and making adjustments so that I am living closer to my own self, closer to my own personal truth, 
which I so obviously, having manifested cancer, have fallen completely out of alignment with. Cancer can be difficult to overcome, not because cancer itself is difficult to overcome. It's because what cancer requires you to do in order for there to no longer be a purpose for it to be there is very difficult. Look at what you're doing in your life. So much of what you're doing you don't enjoy doing, but you're just doing it so that, you see, so that I can have security, so that I'm not alone. And what cancer does is require you to let go of that safety net entirely. When you get a diagnosis of cancer, you have to do what somebody has to do when they're given a week to live. I mean, get to the point where a doctor looks at you and says, dude, I give you days and there's nothing else I can do for you. At that moment, you would truly decide to live, but you would be doing things that caused you joy. Your number one priority would be doing what you love the most. If you get a cancer diagnosis, you've got to do that straight out of the gate. What you're facing having to do is potentially give up your entire life for a brand new one. And I know that is easier said than done. One thing that I would deeply understand is that I am in no position to bargain with cancer. So often people who come down with cancer begin to bargain with it. Cancer doesn't bargain. Like I said, it is the most antagonistic ally. <laughs> its message that it has to share with you is, there's stuff that needs to change, and you change it immediately, or else. I would also understand that cancer cannot occur within a body that is in a state of harmony. It has to occur within a body that is in a state of civil war. Therefore, my goal and prerogative would be to end that war. For I would not opt for surgery unless the tumor that I had was preventing me from doing the previous steps that I have just mentioned. Also, I would make sure that all the different aspects of my consciousness, all my various fragments, including the parts of my body, were in alignment with the decision to do that before I went under the knife. But the main reason that this is not the strategy that I personally would take with cancer should I get it is because these methods, whether it's surgery or radiation or chemotherapy, are no different than trimming back the top of a brush or a plant without realizing that the root is still there. Because oftentimes mainstream medical science today doesn't recognize that root, doesn't see it. Obviously, if they saw it, because these are not evil people, they would instantaneously do something about it. Five, I would give my body, my emotions, and my mind the most support that I possibly could for healing. My focus would not be about what I can do against the cancer. It would be what I can do for my body and my being. I would especially focus on how to support my immune system. This means removing as many etiological factors as I can. This means being in a healthy environment free of toxins, doing what I need to feel emotionally nourished, doing activities I enjoy, eating a super healthy diet, especially one that doesn't create acidity in the body, especially high in vitamin C. I would be sleeping. I'd make sure I was being touched in soothing ways. I'd be exercising in life nourishing ways, surrounding myself with people with whom I have emotionally intimate relationships. I would focus on doing lots of cleansing so as to reduce the toxicity in the various systems of my body. 
I would move to a place where I can legally juice raw cannabis and drink it every day. I would also do other forms of juicing so as to superdose my body with life-supporting nutrients. I would enhance the healthy communication and therefore unification factor in my body by interacting with fungi, especially taking certain mushrooms, such as cordyceps, reishi, maitake, turkey tail, and agaricus mushrooms. I would also take high doses of curcumin and flaxseed oil. I would also take probiotics. I would sleep with and wear fluorite crystals first and foremost, as well as selenite and pedalite crystals. I would do oxygen therapy. I would do enemas, dry brushing, and drink ionized water daily. I would use frankincense, clary sage, turmeric, lavender, thyme, chamomile, and holy basil essential oil, and make sure to get sunlight every day. I would also stay open to trying any other life and health supporting methods that I feel resonate with me or may come across my path at the time. I would support the body to create resolution physically while doing the much more important psychological and emotional resolution so as to complete the healing cycle. Cancer is a complex healing mechanism that occurs only when there is a need for it. It's very difficult for us to accept that we need cancer in any way but it wouldn't manifest if we didn't. Cancer is something that happens when there is a much-needed change that we need to make. And because of not making that change, we have reached a state of internal toxicity and negativity, regardless of whether we're conscious of it or not, that is no longer sustainable. Here's the good news. When it comes to the physicality of cancer, the body has no problem getting rid of it. Cancer can vanish in 24 to 36 hours. This is why oncologists, all of them, have tales of miraculous healing. They can't really explain it. A person had cancer that was gonna kill them one minute and it was completely gone the next minute. I have personally seen people go from a death sentence to completely cured overnight. In my opinion, death fright is one of the worst things that doctors could possibly do to someone. When it comes to cancer, it is death fright that is preventing so much of the healing that people need to experience. When a person is in a state of death fright, the body cannot heal and stress chemicals are preventing healing. The body goes into a free state that paralyzes most of the functions within the body. People waste away as a result of it because they cannot take in energy or nutrients and they can't let go of energy in a free state. They can't sleep either. It also impairs the immune system. The worst thing you could do if you want somebody to physically heal from something is to put them in a state of fear, especially one as extreme as the fear of dying. And it is my hope that doctors will hear this. Cancer is not something that you have to fight. In fact, if you address cancer as if it is something to fight, you are much less likely to survive. Although in today's world, with today's very limited medical understanding of cancer, it is perfectly understandable why cancer terrifies the crap out of you. It is also not something that you have to be afraid of. Because cancer is not here against you. It is always here for you. It is an antagonistic ally that is calling you in the direction of your personal truth. That is calling you back into a state of free will so that you feel like you are the governing agent in your life and that you are governing your life in a way that makes you enjoy life. 
It is calling you to make changes in alignment with your currently bulldozed personal truth. If you make these changes, there is no longer a reason for cancer to be there, and so it won't be. If you are making these changes, then it is a guarantee that you are going to be stepping into a place of governing your life according to your free will, which means you have gained control of your life, which means there is no longer any room for any other governing entity to come in and take control. Have a good week.